Welcome to Glass Bones Hockey Podcast. I'm your host, Matt Burke. Joining me today, as always, is the fantastic and awesome and wonderful and beautiful and many things, and many, many, many other things, who's a great co-host, Mr. Kyle Franz. Kyle, how are we doing today? I'm doing well, buddy. That was a lot. It's uh-huh. a lot to take in. It's been, you know, it's making up for last week where I didn't give you the intro that you deserved. Aw, you made up for it. <laughs> we have a new set of eyes on us today. Are you scared this week? Not at all. I know, he's not as intimidating. He also doesn't have crazy eyes. It's fair. <laughs> yeah, he's not a very, I mean, it's not the worst. Could be, what's the Kraken thing? Oh, I don't even know. It's a really creepy mascot, but Blades, Blades is a little bit tougher than that. I'm just thinking it would make more sense if Zach was sitting here since there's now a bear in this room. Mm. Yeah, think about that. <laughs> Gene. <laughs> so, Kyle got a stuffed... Uh, blades which is the Bruins mascot so he got one to match my gritty so now we have the mascot for Philly and for the Bruins in our recording studio so gritty gritty relax it's okay just mellow out yeah gritty's being unlikely David and willing to fight oof (laughs) quick transition I like it (laughs) we will uh We'll get there, but uh, we'll hit on a couple other things first, because I think we're going to end with that, so that way we can know how much time we have for it. <laughs> so let's hit on Patrick Waugh first. So I think that will be, I don't know about shortest, but one of our shorter um, things. So Islanders have decided to fire their coach, so they fired Lane. Is it Lambert or Lambert? I've heard both. Okay. We'll, we'll go Lambert. Sure. Okay. Because Brad Lambert, which is his nephew, it's Lambert. But then I I swear I hear it different every time. So anyway, either way, it doesn't matter because he's no longer an initial coach. So I don't have to say his name. So it doesn't matter. <laughs> but he got fired and Patrick Waugh has taken over his spot in the Islanders. So I know Shane was very excited to see this because he thinks it's going to fail, which we'll see. So why don't you give me your thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, I kind of agree. I, I've never been a fan of his. Now, you know, he did go back to juniors and hopefully he learned some lessons. But he was very successful in juniors before he came mm-hmm. or went to Colorado. I hated him in Colorado. I thought he came in there and thought he knew more than everyone. Um, everyone always remembers him for pulling the goalie early, um, which I never understood, and I still don't understand. I don't think it worked as much as people say, mm-hmm. and I was glad that I was listening to the NHL radio, and uh, Marty Baron used to play in the NHL. Mm-hmm. He's on there. He's a great, great uh, person to listen to. He brought up a point that I used to mention back then. Why are we praising a guy? for coming up with a new idea when you're losing. Mm -hmm. I mean, it happened all the time, Mm -hmm. but that means you're losing by a goal all Mm -hmm. the time. So is that a good thing? I don't know. Anyway, I've never, I wasn't a really big fan of his, his record in Colorado was pretty solid. I think he was like one Oh five and 80 something. Like it was a winning record. He still got fired after three years Mm -hmm. because of, he was a handful. He was causing issues there. Um, we'll see. We'll see if he changed at all. I'm looking forward to seeing if he did change at all. Um, kind of shocked. I'm not going to lie. Did not see that type of player or coach working with Lou Lamorello. I think that's the part that I'm most surprised by. Is this isn't a move that I would expect from a Lou Lamorello. I would. I wouldn't. I'm not shocked that somebody brought him in, especially this year with the amount of teams that are underperforming. And he would be a coach. I feel like that would kind of get some guys in shape. He'll only last two years, but he, you know, get, get some of your lazy guys moving. 
But I, I don't ex- I wouldn't expect Lamorella to make that move. Mm-mm. I don't know. It's, I it's a head scratcher to me. I I don't like it. I don't think that Patrick Waugh is an NHL head coach. I just don't. I I don't think he's proven that he can be. I don't. I don't think he's proven that he can be mature enough to be an NHL head coach. And he's just too. He's too hard on his players for unnecessary reasons. Mm-hmm. And. Maybe he did. Maybe he learned his lesson. You know, sometimes you got to kind of, you got to walk before you run and you got to run before you fly kind of thing. And maybe he was, he learned a lot through his trial with Colorado and realized, hey, here's some things I got to figure out. He doesn't strike me as the kind of guy that's going to humbly go, hey, you know what? I made some mistakes. Okay, let me fix that. He seems like the guy that's going to bury his head in the the sand and be like, no, like this, this is just the way it is. This is how I am. If you don't like it, you can get out. Which there's some level of that isn't necessarily a bad thing, but when you weren't successful, I don't feel like you can be. Like if you, to me, John Tortorella is a good example of somebody who he can, or even Peter Laviolette, of where they can really kind of be like, no, this is the way that I coach. This is what I do. I'm good at it. I know it works. They have a good track record. There's enough of a reason to be like, okay, like there is, it's fine when that works. Not when you coached three seasons and got fired and it was not great seasons there mm-hmm. they weren't like they weren't good in that time and i think that was kind of what he's part of the biggest reason that both um o'reilly and duchene wanted out if i if i'm if my memory serves me right now i could be wrong but I don't yeah know. yeah and people want to like kind of compare him to like other coaches and stuff like yeah like you just mentioned those names like i'll mention like a ken hitchcock a Guy mm. boucher guys yep. like that who are very hard but those guys you know like Ken Hitchcock invented how to forecheck, like a new way to forecheck, a new way to play the different ends of the ice. Guy Boucher invented the one three one. They invented these things that worked. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, they gained that respect with it. Like, you know, when you hire Ken Hitchcock or you knew, like, know when you hire Guy Boucher, it's probably only going to be two years, maybe three. But in those time, in that time, you're going to have good hockey teams mm-hmm. as long as everyone's buying in. Wall hasn't proved that quite yet. So I'm not, I'm not saying he doesn't deserve another chance. I just, I don't think this is it. Um, I did text Bill, our Islanders fan. Mm-hmm. We'll call him our Islanders fan. <laughs> and I asked him, like, what do you think? Because I just saw him the weekend prior, and he was like, I, I want Lambert gone. Like, it's just time. It, it, this team is just too, there, there's nothing. There's nothing going on. They're just, they're so boring, and it's time. It's time to move on. So I asked him, and his answer was, at first I didn't really get it, but I don't know. I'm growing to be okay with it. He's a maniac, but he seems to be successful. Winning record with Colorado and two Memorial Cups. We'll see. He definitely was not my first choice. I would have rather seen Gallant Berube, but I'm okay with I'm okay giving him a chance. Mm. Kind of thought that was well put. Mm-hmm. Um, you got to give him a chance because he is here. So you got to just accept it. I think agreed with him uh, i think a gallant or someone like that would have probably been better off and baruby obviously i think baruby's going to get a job here sooner than later but um i don't know i just don't i don't like i don't like patrick wall and it's a lot of personal not that i he was a great goalie don't mm-hmm. get me wrong but he's always been i'm better than you he's always you can tell you can just see it in him and it's it's driven me nuts forever i've never respected him yep well, and there's there's a level of, and I think that's something like I look at like a Carey Price. 
Carey Price was when he was playing consistently was one of the best goalies, or if not the best goalie in the league ever, like year in year out. You never really got that from him. Mm-mm. Like he was always just kind of like, yeah, whatever. Like he, you know, he's somebody that, and it's a shame. It, it really is a shame, you know. And I won't take too much time on this, but what his career could have been had he not had the the knee injuries. But even with like even with going out early, he still has such a good career. He earned himself the right to be to be confident and to be a little arrogant but he never was and whereas it's like okay yeah and was obviously one of the best goalies that play the game but how much better would he have been if he was wasn't such a jerk Mm -hmm. like i don't know and and hey you know what if you're one of the top you know you sure you can be arrogant but i don't know i just i don't i don't like that approach especially because you don't see it too too much in hockey and i don't and i hate hate it when i see it in hockey because it's a team sport Okay, you won some cups. Cool. How much did your team do for you? Mm-hmm. Okay, you made some good saves. Okay, good. That's important. But at the same rate, I mean, you know, like, I don't know. It's, it's yeah. yeah, he's got four Stanley Cups. He's, yeah. he's definitely was one of the best goalies ever played. Okay. But I don't know. That just doesn't, to me, it just doesn't give you the right to act like a jerk. And that just seems like, and it seems like he's done, been like that since day one. It hasn't been because he got four cups and was like, Look at me. Mm-hmm. What can I do? But, yeah. yeah, I mean, his first game coaching with Colorado, like I'll never forget it because I was watching the game and he pushed the glass over on Bruce Boudreaux, like mm. the between the benches because he was chirping Corey Perry. Well, Perry probably was chirping him, but oh, yeah. as an NHL head coach, you gotta just through one ear out the other. You yep. can't get involved in that stuff with players, and. He got involved in it, and Bruce was like, "Hey!" Like he yelled over to him, and next thing you know, he's pushing the glass over, trying to pretend like he's going to beat up Bruce Boudreaux, who's like twenty years older than him. Like <laughs> you're a moron. But anyway, yeah, yeah, we'll see what happens. I mean, to me, looking at the style that Lou went with, I am surprised he didn't go the route of Bruby. Mm-hmm. To me, that would have made a lot more sense. I think. I think so. But who we'll knows? It's a wait and see. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Gotta give him a little time, and hopefully he learned his lesson. But we'll see. But I do think I think eh, I don't know if this is a hot take or not. But we'll see. But I do think the next head coach that gets hired is going to be Gabruby. I just see that being some, the next team that decides to fire their coach is probably going after Gabruby. Yeah, so, I wouldn't be surprised. And I half wonder if it's going to be LA. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I guess we can transition into that. Mm-hmm. That team is whew, falling apart, but I, I don't know. We've talked about it enough, but I don't think that's on the coach. No, 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 no. And I'm, so I want to be clear about this. I am not saying it should be. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying that. But anyway, you keep going. No, but I no, just no, want to no, be clear fine. that that's not what I was saying. That it should be that he sh- should be getting fired. I'm not saying that. No, I, I yeah, I didn't really take it that way. I just I. You're not like you mentioned that. I thought you meant because people are saying that they're calling mm. for him. I, I just you brought a cancer into the room. Yeah, I I don't know what else to say. You brought someone in who clearly has had issues in other locker rooms with very good coaches, and you brought him in expecting him to be great, and all he's done is hurt your team. So I don't know. A lot of problems there. A lot of I have a whole list of quotes on. Of, of what players are saying and what the coach is saying, and it's pretty embarrassing. Uh huh. It's bad when Drew Dowdy's calling out the entire locker room. Yeah. 
which is Drew Dowdy's way of going after Dubois because it's Dubois. It's not the locker room. It's Dubois. Mm-hmm. Everybody knows it's Dubois. And it's and that's where I'm like trying to figure out like how much do I really need to go down this rabbit trail because I have obviously given my opinion on Dubois enough. I don't need to rip him anymore. But at the same rate, to me, this is one of those things with why in the world would you go this route? Like, I don't understand what you're thinking and acquiring somebody that's been through this is his fourth organization, third. This third, is three. Third. Yep. But he got he got two he's gotten two head coaches fired. And he's now in a third, his third organization at 25. Yeah. Okay. One, if you want to bring him in, okay. I'm okay with that. You brought him in and then signed him to eight years at eight and a half million dollars. That does, what? Yeah, we talked about that. How many times? The eight-year deal on that is just, it's mind-boggling. It's absolutely insane, actually. Um, a three-year deal, four-year deal, I could live with mm-hmm. this eight-year deal. I mean, we're 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 at the halfway point of. Are we even in year one yet? Was this an extension? Yeah. Okay, so it's, this is year one. I didn't know one. if he was still signed through la- or through mm-hmm. this year. He was an RFA. Okay, because I don't actually hold on. Let me look because yeah, because Sheffield Dayoff signed him to this contract before they traded him. Yeah, so technically he was signed by Sheffield Dayoff, but it was obviously immediately moved so it was clearly they were already expecting that yeah but um yeah so i'm gonna real quick read off since christmas their games just so we can hear how this has not been good so san jose they won 5-1 vegas lose 2-3 lose the edmonton 3-2 in a shootout uh lose toronto 3-0 Lose to Detroit four to three. Lose to Washington four to three. Lose to Tampa three to two in overtime. Lose to Florida three to two in overtime. Lose to Detroit five to three. Beat Carolina five two. Next night lose to Dallas five to one. Lose to Nashville two to one. Win against the Rangers two to one. Lost to San Jose four to three in a shootout. Lost to Buffalo five to three last night. That they were up three to one going into the third. So. But the two wins that they've had in the last month have been against the Eastern Conference teams. Mm. So you're not helping your standings at all. No. So they are, yeah, they're 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 scrambling right now. Um, and then, like you said, and you mentioned Drew Doughty, him calling out the team. Here's his quote: "We got guys in the room too worried about themselves and worried about their points." Mm-hmm. That's coming from Drew Doughty. That the. Like, that's a leader. That's what we talked about with Dubois, how he's never really even had that guy in the locker room. We said the only hope for this to work out is if guys like Dowdy and Kopitar can keep that mentality in the locker room. And he's even gotten that locker room to fall apart. Mm-hmm. It, it's it's not good. It's really scary for LA right now. They are slowly falling out of this playoffs, or quickly falling out of the playoffs, because there's a lot of teams below them that are playing really good hockey right now. And slowly catching them. Yeah. I mean, <clears throat> excuse me. I I think their chances are getting slimmer and slimmer each, each day because of the fact that it doesn't, this is not something that's going to fix itself. This is something, that, and the this is the part that I think is interesting, is you we know because of the way that Dowdy has played and in the way that he's always talked to media, you can look at his track record 
you know for a fact he's talked to this particular player that he's calling out in the media behind closed doors. They've had a couple talks about this, and he felt the need that this needed to go public. Yeah. Which tells you how many conversations have they had to have, and nothing has changed. Yep. This comes two days after uh, McClellan. McCle- how do you say his name? Todd McClellan. McClellan. I'm gonna. I had to I'm say gonna... Todd because I would have said McClennan. Yeah. I had to say Todd, so it came out right. Yeah, it's dude. That one. That one just breaks my. I don't know. There's some names that I just can't. I forget. Just can't say. Anyway, but he said he called out Dubois about his lackluster play and about like this has been going on for a while and this is just unacceptable. Do you have his quote? There? Yeah, I do. It says he has to be a difference maker. We've gone through this long enough. Exactly, and he's somebody that's been. They've been. Shuffling him around on the like he's playing on the fourth line on the wing, he's playing third line center. Like he's he's not playing where they brought him into play, and so and a lot of what you just named in that one of the things that I was that I caught with that list of their games, one goal games, mm-hmm. so many one goal games. If he's putting a a point or an assist up as consistently as he should, as he should they they have five of those wins, probably. That, that's the difference, right? Yeah. So and that's what he was brought in to do, and he's not doing it. And that's with a team that has like Trevor Moore's shoot like shooting the stars out right now, having a having himself a career year. They have Adrian Kempe's proving one of the, he's one of the best players in the league right now, and like he's such a good goal scorer. That top line of Byfield, Kopitar, and Kempe is one of the best lines in hockey right now. Yeah, I was gonna say Byfield, Fiala. They're mm-hmm. all they're all doing what you expect. There's one person not. It's just the truth. Yeah, and and it's just and he's bringing the entire team down with him. And that to me is the problem. And this, and obviously, I've had my. If you look, listen back, I've criticized Blake on a couple decisions. <clears throat> excuse me, uh, on more than one. Said that I don't think his he's a very good GM. I think he's proving me right because I think this this is going to be the, this is going to be the move that gets him fired. Mm-hmm. Because in two years, when Dubois he's playing sixty games because he's getting healthy scratched so much, they're going to have to fire him because how do you commit that much money to somebody and then he can't even he can't even. He can't even produce sixty points. I mean, his his it's it's been awful. And the thing that I've been noticing is when LA is getting scored against, he's the guy that either isn't covering his guy, isn't back checking, isn't doing X Y Z. You name it, and that's the reason the goals are scored. It's a it it's crazy to me how many of the highlights goal are so when you watch the the goals from the night before, not like highlight goals, mm-hmm. but how much often when LA is getting scored against, he's on the rink. And and it of course always makes me chuckle because I I want to see him fail because I can't stand him. But at the same rate, it's kind of making me making it look like I'm correct because of how much he's killed them. And obviously we talked about, we're like, well, I mean, LA is doing pretty good. Maybe, you know, maybe it's not that. And here we are. It's proving, proving what we said to be right. I mean, look at where Winnipeg's at. To where LA's at, losing follows him yep. everywhere he goes. Yep. And I, I really, really, really wish Columbus would have done something different than trading him for Line A. Yeah, because it's just the same player. Yep. So I really wish Columbus would have used that a little bit more, like used his name better than Line A, because they'd probably be in the same situation as mm-hmm. Winnipeg. Not, I don't want to say first place. They'd be in a much better situation if they would have manage their assets more with that well if they would have traded dubois instead of firing tortorello that would have fixed a lot of their issues 
because yeah. since Tortorella has left, they've been terrible. Mm-hmm. Terrible. Yeah. Right. So, and I, yeah, I completely agree. They did both, which yeah. kind of sucked. But, um, yeah, and with LA too, like if they would have, like if I looked at those scores and it was like, you know, six to four, five to four, five to three, like something like that, I'd be like, okay. Because my question coming into the season was goaltending. Mm hmm. Because Cam Talbot, we all know, is Cam Talbot. Like he's okay. I yep, I yep. like Cam Talbot. I do. I really am okay with him as my backup. As maybe a more of a split, even like yeah. maybe a little bit more. If your starting goalie's capable of like fifty to fifty-five games, like okay, I'm perfectly fine with Talbot. Not my guy. Talbot's doing just fine. Oh, he's yeah. got a two fifty-two goals against average and a nine thirteen save percentage. That is very good. That is a lot better than I would expect from Cam Talbot. Yeah. So it's not, and like I said, those scores that we're talking here, like that's the difference of Dubois just putting the puck in the net. It really it comes down to that. Yep. Well, it's because even if he was, I mean, right now he's sitting at, where'd you go? There you are. 20 points in 45 games. Okay. You split the, the difference. 10 points. So he's got 30 points in 45 games. That's probably about right where he, like, realistically is going to be somewhere in that. Okay, you give him a little 32. Okay, that's 12 points. He's got 10 and 10, so that's six goals and six assists. As I said, that six of those games then, they're winning. Mm -hmm. That record looks a lot different then. Instead, he's got a negative 14 plus minus. The next closest to him is uh, Lafriere. With a negative six. He's yeah. more than double. More than double the next closest. Eek. Yeah, that's not a good look. Especially when every other top forward other than his winger and Kevin Fiala is a plus. Mm-hmm. And a good plus. Plus 14 for Kopitar. Plus 14 for Byfield. Plus 13 Kempe. Yeah. And Trevor Moore's plus five. I mean, Matt, Matt Roy's plus six. Kaliev's plus three. Mike Anderson plus twelve, Jordan Spence plus seven. I mean, this team should be a plus. I mean, they're they're a plus twenty three goal differential. Ooh, wow, that makes that even worse. So, I, yeah. Oh, it it's it's it literally it all comes down to him. I it, I'm not one that usually points the finger at one player. Yeah. You you can't not mm-hmm. on this situation. It's that that's the difference maker. If Velarde, I follow, and Kapari are on this team, I feel much better that LA would be still competing with Vegas and Vancouver for this division. Oh, and it's crazy to me because it's like, okay, if you want to go make a move, and I don't have a problem with that, you're going, okay, I want to get this team over the the hump. I want to make a move. I want to you know move some of some of our guys who are younger out for a more steady veteran. Okay, what could you have gotten? What else could you have gotten for that package? I mean, to me, that probably could have gotten you Shifley. Like, honestly. Yeah. I feel like that package wouldn't have been... I think I would have been okay on Winnipeg side at that moment in time mm-hmm. of taking that package you. for Shifley. Yeah, I hear you. Yeah. How different would this team look had they acquired anybody else? Like, the trade wasn't good ending of itself, but okay, you want to make a move. You, sometimes you got to move players. Sometimes things happen. You, you know, okay, we're going to move things around, whatever. That's fine. I don't have a problem with that. You go out, you know, and, and there's I I don't have a, a list in front of me of players that, that would have made more sense. But I'm just thinking somebody, I mean, from the exact same team, like 
how different would this team look? Or even Elias Lindholm. Yeah, I was about I was about to bring up like the Maddie Kachuk trade, like mm. the value of that of what Calgary got. I guess looked just because of Huberto's points when it when the deal was made mm-hmm. looked a little bit better. Yeah, but the package wasn't that far off in my yeah. opinion. Because yeah. frankly, I'd rather have like a younger Filardi that could grow into a part like a big piece of my team mm-hmm. than. Huberto, not and again, I'm not looking back at that deal and saying like, you know, Calgary was so dumb for trying to get a guy like that. Like, clear, like it's just it just clearly hasn't worked out for them. I'm saying like, I feel like the package wasn't that different. But who would you rather have? Mm-hmm. Well, that's the easiest decision on the planet between Kachuk and Dubois. Oh yeah. So, well, and <laughs> one's an air quotes locker room cancer, and they got <laughs> traded and proved that he is not the problem. One has been through many teams and many coaches and has proven he is the problem. Mm-hmm. It's me. I'm the problem. Yeah. And I remember when we did LA, my hot take was Filardi's going to outscore uh, Dubois. They're tied in points right now, but Filardi has 20 less games played. <laughs> He's going to outscore him. I mean, Dubois is headed for the healthy scratch marks here soon. Mm-hmm. Like, this is it's, it's going to happen. Yeah. But. Yeah, Velarde has 26 games played, 11 goals, 9 assists. Jeez. And I think Dubois have 46 games played, 10 goals, 10 assists. So they're tied in points right now with 20 less games played. Jeez. Nuts. That's wild. And Velarde, oh my goodness, plus 18. Mm-hmm. I mean, does Winnipeg have anybody on their team? They're enti- they're, if you can, I don't know if you may not be able to look from there. Anybody on their team that's a minus? Yes, somebody is. Kyle Connor. <laughs> minus five. That's kind of ironic. Which is really weird because literally the rest of the team is in the plus tens. <laughs> I mean, almost everyone on the team is a, is plus ten and above. I have follows a plus three. Uh, yeah, everyone at the top of the list. Is plus 18, plus 19, plus 22, plus 13, then minus 5. <laughs> then plus 12, then plus 18, then plus 11, then plus 10, then plus 18. So it's really Jeez. weird how he's just like sitting yeah. there on his own little thing. Yeah. Minus 5. I know he missed some time, and I think he missed some time when they were really outscoring opponents. Mm-hmm. So I think maybe that has something to do with it. But anyway. He's got 18 goals to make up for it in 30 games. So that's pretty solid. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. He's at least scoring goals. but. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, it, I, it's just... not good. And yeah, for the team to be plus twenty three, I mean, that just shows it, it's it's wild to me. It really is. And uh, we can kind of transition to this unless you have something else to say with L A. But like we mentioned when we were talking about Edmonton very negatively early mm-hmm. in the year, the only chance they get back into this is if they go on a massive win streak and either L A., Vancouver, or Vegas just completely fall apart. And before we hit the 50-game mark, that happened, mm-hmm. which is insane. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I mean, I'm, I'm gonna, I'll am I'm leave the, the Kings thing alone for now. I mean, I'm sure that we'll have more to talk about this as things break and as Dubois gets scratched and we can talk about it. Or as Velarde continues to put up more points and all that. It's going to be great. But, I, again, I've crapped on Edmonton a lot. I really have. And I'm still not convinced. I'm not convinced that this is a team that's going to do anything when it actually matters. But good on them. And... And this is a thing that I like. I know that I've I've talked poorly about Edmonton for a long time, but this is also kind of to me like where they should have been all year. So good, 
on them for finally doing what they're supposed to do. So, and I don't mean that to be as condescending as it sounds because it, whatever, but good on them. They've won, they've won some good games too. And they've won some low scoring games too. That's the thing that's important. Like, because you had mentioned about, like we were talking, we were talking about Toronto specifically about, yeah, they're winning games, but they're winning six to five. You want to see them win that two to one tight, tight game. And they haven't done that. Edmonton has done that a couple of times. I mean, they're, I, they haven't let any, and their whole, uh, they're on a 14, 15 game. 14. Streak. Currently. 14. Yep. They haven't let up more than two goals in that entire streak. Mm-hmm. Good on them. They're playing well. I mean, Stuart Skinner looks like he's completely regained form and looks like he's going to be, I mean, amazing. Great. That's awesome. But I'm still not convinced because of the fact that they're now, okay, they're, they're sitting in a playoff spot and they're comfortable in a playoff spot. They can eat just as easily, turn around, and do the same thing that they started the season with. And I wouldn't be shocked to see that happen. So, like, it's tough with how do you not how are you not being like, oh man, like a fourteen game win streak? That's so awesome, and that team's you know they, they got to be shooting the lights out. And how do we how do I have anything negative to say about it? I don't know. To me, it's like yeah, it's good. They're doing what they should be doing, but I'm still not convinced that this team's going to do anything when it matters. Yeah, I mean, you, you just you just kind of got to currently sit here right now and just tip your cap and just go like, good on you, mm-hmm. like good, nice job, good work. Let's keep this let's let's keep this going. Let's clearly you're not going to keep this streak going, but um, you, you just gotta you just gotta hope you start keep going. You know, six six three and one. You know, throughout in your mm-hmm. ten throughout the rest of the year, get into the playoffs. Then you never know. I still, we, I completely agree. I have concerns for this team come playoff time. The fact that they're even going to be in the playoffs potentially is surprising to me. I really thought there was a chance that they will fall apart and stay out of the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Um, they kind of are comfortable, but just as quick as they moved up the standings, so could Seattle. Yeah. There's other teams that could easily move up that standings if they go on a nice win streak themselves. So mm-hmm. like, and and they're playing very good hockey right now. So, um, I really think it, you know once they get come back to earth a little bit, it'll be interesting to see. But you got to tip your cap. Good for them. Good on them. Like I said earlier, I mean we we said the only chance they make the playoffs is if they win like 15 straight, and yeah. LA or one of those teams fall apart, and they, literally it's happening. So. Mm-hmm. It's it's incredible. I yeah, I did not see this coming. Mm, I didn't either, for sure. But and some of it's you know McDavid's finally doing what he, well, McDavid's doing what he normally does. He just didn't do it at the beginning of the season, which of course I thought was ironic considering I had him at five and everybody's freaking out about that. But which at the beginning of the season he wasn't even number five, but he's obviously has climbed that those Art Ross very quickly and he's up there. So which you know whatever, but. I don't know. It's and so I think you know some of it is like I I alluded to it at the beginning of the episode with his his you know nonsense with with the crap that he's pulling too is you know that's also another reason that I'm I'm concerned is because he's not he's not now only making himself where it's okay you are you're making yourself an enemy of the team because you're very good and they can't keep you from scoring. Now you're making yourself an enemy of the team because you're out here doing nonsense and not getting called for it because you're Golden Boy McDavid. And everybody knows if it wasn't for the name on that on the back of that jersey or the number on that jersey, you would be getting penalties for this crap. 
but instead you get golden treatment and so you're allowed to do some of the stuff you do okay one when it comes when a push comes to shove and, and playoffs these guys are going to be doing this stuff back to you and not getting called because it's going to be a much tighter the game's going to be much looser they're going to be letting letting them play a lot more okay what are you how are you going to respond to that and also you're now making it where people like if you guys get Seattle in that first round that's Seattle's going to have they're going to be out for your head because like I don't know that if if anybody didn't see Yanni Gord got suspended for two games for his hit on Matthias Ekholm because of McDavid. Mm-hmm. So McDavid, in his super soft nature, goes and freaking cross-checks Gord off a face-off, hits him, and then like is consistently they just had the whole game was after everybody slashing him, cross-checking him, doing all kinds of McDavid crap that only he can do because he's golden boy and doesn't get any of his penalty. It literally reminds me of of Crosby in year two, and which is again. Why I got to give crop props to, to Crosby, and I'm hoping that McDavid learns his lesson too. It's why I really like Bedard because Bedard's even at 18 isn't doing a lot of that. Like he's doing n- none of it pretty much. Good on him because if if you're a superstar whiny baby, people are gonna take exception to that even worse. Whereas with Bedard, like even with the Brennan Smith hit, it wasn't like it, Smith didn't try and step up and hit him because he's fancy boy McDavid or sorry fancy boy Bedard. He just stepped up on a play, and it was just an unfortunate thing where he got injured on. Like, okay. Whereas, like, McDavid's doing this nonsense where he's, you know, he's going out and doing all this stupid crap, and especially at 20, 25, 27, 26, sorry. I'm, like, mixing all my numbers up. At, yeah. And you'll say, we're not talking about this or this. <laughs> we're talking about this. Uh, I am all over the place. You're correct. Anyway, yeah. So, McDavid wouldn't even fight Yanni Gord. Gord's 5'9", McDavid's 6'2". That's five inches. Five inches is a lot. It really is. And it's one of those things of where if Gord's, if you're not willing to fight Gord, you're not willing to fight at all, ever. Which means you're super soft. Which to me means, sorry, if you're going to lead this team, if you're going to lead a team to a Stanley Cup final and into a Stanley Cup, you can't be soft. You just can't. Because even, even with the fact that Stamkos may be the nicest person in the universe, and he may very well be, when when it comes to playoff time, okay, he may not be the guy out there you know, trying to send somebody through the glass, but he's still playing very, very, very hard, and he doesn't care what people do to him. He does, He's just non-reactive to it. I don't know. I went off on that enough. It's your turn. Elliot's really going to enjoy. He loves himself a good Matt Burke rant. He does. He just got one. Uh, nah, I, I mean, I hear you. I went going back to the Gord situation, I, dude. Just drop the gloves. Yeah, you literally are gonna get someone hurt. Mm-hmm. Ekholm literally could have been done, and it, it's not. I'm not sitting here going like you did that, but you could have avoided that. Oh yeah, like Gord got two games, which okay, he jumped. Mm-hmm. If he if he didn't leave his feet, you're, it's all good. Mm-hmm. He jumped, but he snapped. He did one of those things that we've talked about before that you just you you snap and you can't you don't even know what you're doing mm. because he can't do anything to McDavid. Flip that on that face off. If Gore just chops and cross checks and then cross checks him again up the ice, the refs are taking both of them oh, yeah. or probably just Gord, but could take both of them. Mm-hmm. But no, that you can't do that because you know 
he's allowed to do what he wants. So I I completely agree. I I it drives me nuts to see that. Um and it's and I'm kind of glad you brought up the Bedard and Smith thing because they asked Bedard about the hit and he's like it was a good hit. Is what it is. Just yeah. good hit that went bad for me. Yeah. I'm I'll, I'll get back on the ice and get back at it. When Brandon Manning, you know, yeah, slipped yeah. when and did literally nothing. McDavid cried, got just just would not stop crying about it. Forced an all-out brawl, forced all this stuff to happen that he wasn't involved with because he was like, he, 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 he tripped me. <laughs> like, yes, it sucks. He got hurt. Like, it yeah. sucked. It's just, it's a hockey. Yep. Hockey's a hockey. But, uh, yeah, I don't like McDavid. <laughs> I yeah. don't want him to ever win. Well, he's making it, he's making it harder for you to want to see him win. Mm-hmm. And that's oh, and part... I try so hard. I've tried so hard over the years because my God, is he fun to watch? <sighs> his skating ability, the things he can do with the puck. But uh, is it worth it? No. Just I. Uh, he drives me nuts. I can't. Yeah. I. I just. He just. He has that. He has the Patrick Wall look. Mm-hmm. He has the look where it's just like you. You know you're the best, and it drives me insane because yeah. there's a there's a difference between knowing you're the best and acting like you're the best, and he yeah. does both. Yeah. And it drives me insane. Yeah. Oh, and the thing is, is is to me, it's okay. If you're at this, so, you know, he's 26. Or, or, I'm sorry. He may, he may be 27 because I know he has an early January birthday. He may be 27 at this point. Either way, it doesn't matter. But, wait a minute. No, that's not right. He'll be 26 this year because he's in 97. Anyway, that doesn't matter. Sorry. The way my brain works. If he had three cups already, you know what? You can go do whatever you want. Yep. You can act however you want because you have proven you're untouchable. It doesn't matter what you do to me. It doesn't matter what you say. I'm going to go score points. I'm going to go win cups. And I don't care what you say. I don't care what you do. He doesn't have a cup. It doesn't matter. Okay, cool. You have 8 million points. Cool. If you don't have a cup, it is meaningless. Meaningless. It doesn't matter. At the end of the day, all your points, all that stuff, it means nothing if you don't have a cup to show for it. Because the cup is is the only thing that matters, in my opinion. Yeah. The only thing. And I think with his amount of skill and his what he can do and what he should be able to do for how good he is, he does not do nearly enough to make this team a Stanley Cup contender. And at some point, that is on directly on his shoulders. And he has failed again and again and again to do his job. And when they fail, it's always weenie whiner, we didn't do enough, or they didn't do enough, they didn't do enough. It's never... Hey, I didn't. I didn't do what. If I'm making twelve and a half million dollars, I should have done more. Yeah, it's never that. And the same thing with like the Manning stuff. You know, it wasn't. I don't know. Manning was. I don't even know that Manning was trying to even check him. They just got tangled up and fell into the boards. Okay, that stuff happens. Like you move on. I mean, obviously Bedard was trying to skate the night. Night happened, and the trainers were like, "No, you're not allowed out here." <laughs> Felino, go get your boy because he wants to skate right now, and he's not allowed to skate right now. Like, he, he didn't care. He's just like, okay, it is what it is. It sucks. And I know it sucks for him, too, because he's going to miss the All-Star game, which really, that does suck. And I feel bad for him. But that's the thing. I feel bad for Bedard in this situation. I don't feel bad for McDavid right now. And I wouldn't be, I wouldn't feel bad at all if he gets through his whole career and doesn't have a cup. Right. Because at some point, it's your responsibility, and you have not done that. And that's the thing to me is, is the more that this crap that he does, the more of this stuff that he pulls, the more I want to see him never win a cup. And it's the opposite thing that's happened with Pitt, with Pittsburgh and with Crosby, where as much as like I don't want to see Pittsburgh win another cup because I really just don't I don't like Pittsburgh. <laughs> but Crosby has has 
as he's matured, has become an absolute stud. And obviously, I have him at one for a reason coming into this year. To me, he he's earned that right to do that, and yet he's so humble about things. He's still not delivering season tickets to guys, or to, sorry, to people, to families and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And he's just he's just a very calm, like he's just you know whatever. And this side of this crap that he used to do is practically completely gone from his game. Where it's even to the point where he's standing up and fighting people for his like fighting because somebody did something to his teammates. Props to you. That's how you lead a team. Not let me slash a guy and then refuse to fight. And now one of my, excuse me, one of my defensemen is getting hit in the head because I wouldn't do my job. Because if the thing is with Gord, if McDavid just stands up and and be and is a man there and fights him, Gord's not going to go then try and check at home. He's going to be like, okay, it's hockey. You know, we're going to sit in the bench. We're going to chirp each other. I'm going to chirp you the rest of the night, but we're good. Mm-hmm. Whereas now it's going to be every single time they play, there's going to be that where he and and. Gord's going to be looking for ways to get McDavid without getting penalized. And which of course, then the refs will give him all the penalties and they're going to be specifically watching that, which is stupid. But which again, I mean, to me, if I'm their coach, I'm just like, go ahead, whatever. We'll kill the, we'll kill the five. Go to go, go freaking Brandon Smith, Travis Konechny's arm. Go do that to McDavid. I don't care. Good for you. You know, that's the crap you deserve. If you're not going to, this is a fighting league for a reason. Like we have fighting for a reason. Stand up, be a man and go fight. Completely agree, buddy. Why did you get me on this? I didn't, actually. You did that yourself. Why did you want to have a podcast with me? That's the question. <laughs> it's a great question. When all I do is rant. But but I, I just want to get a little positive, because that's what I like to do, buddy. Good. But shout out a couple of players on the Oilers in this 14-game win streak. Warren Fogle, 15 points, 6 goals, 9 assists, and plus 11 in these 14 games. Uh, Zach Hyman, I just want to shout out his season that oh, that guy's man. having. Mm-hmm. Incredible. Absolutely incredible. 28 goals and 14 assists this season. It's incredible. So, um, Ryan McLeod, 7 goals, 5 assists, plus 14 in the his, in 13 games. So, a lot a lot of good... The, the, the death... The, 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 the. It's my turn. Hey. It's my turn. I don't do that very often. <laughs> Uh, the depth has really been playing well. The defense has been playing very well this last uh, little bit. Evan Bouchard, another name that needs to get shouted out for the mm-hmm. season that he is having. And he is plus 15 in the last 14 games. True. So, yeah, the guy, the, the, the depth is really coming through right now, and they're playing very well, which is one of the reasons they're on this, one of the biggest reasons they're on this win streak because, you know, Dreisaitl's got 17 points in the last 14 games. It's where you expect that to be. Uh, McDavid has 19 points in the last 14 games. It's where you expect it to be. Nugent Hopkins has 12 points in the last 14 games. The, the players that you expect, the uh, Hyman has 15 in the last 14. So everyone that you expect to be there is there, and they're playing very well. Or those guys, or we expect it's the depth guys that are playing very well right now, which mm-hmm. is, that's the difference. And like you mentioned, they're all low-scoring games. That's when those guys come through. Mm-hmm. That's why I'm concerned. Mm-hmm. Because is Warren Fogle going to do that? Yeah. And I'm a, I like that guy. I really enjoy watching him play hockey. I just don't know if he's the guy I want to depend on in my depth. <laughs> so, well, the problem is, is, is consistently for the last couple of years, they've had issues with their depth. Their depth has not shown through consistently, even when it's because sometimes your depth shows through, but your big guys don't, and you still lose. Okay, that happens. That hasn't. I don't know that that's ever happened in Edmonton. Mm-mm. Their depth has always struggled. Now, some of it is, you know, when you you have so much money strapped up into your top six forwards, 
you kind of just kind of have to take guys on minimum league contract, but minimum, whatever. League minimum. Yeah, league minimum contracts. You know, that's what I'm here for, bud. Yeah. Just get my merge That's mixed. why you say a lot of nice things about me. That's why we little, little, little. Little, little, That's for you, Elliot. But even like Sam Gagne has got 10 points in 21 games. Mm-hmm. Another guy that, I mean, it's, I, I he's somebody that I, I just, he jumps team, like team to team to team, and he never really finds himself a role, but I feel like he's a really good third or fourth line guy. But whatever. Anyway. Yeah, no, I, I mean, good on them. Good on their guys. I mean, they're, you know, they're, they're figuring it out. And, and yeah, I mean, it's been fun watching Ryan McLeod play and seeing, you know, what's going on and with him as, as far as he, him, his growth. Because I know there's a lot of people that were like, this has got to be the year he steps up. Like, he has to. And he's done a good job. And, and Warren Fogel is one of those things where his, when they acquired him for Ethan Bear, it was like, okay, this is a good trade. It makes sense. And then he's just never really been anything in Edmonton. But, Maybe this is a year where we finally see him, you know, maybe he cracks 20 goals and he cracks 45 points or 50 points or whatever. That'd be really good for a third-line winger. Really good. Yeah. No, I completely agree. And then we can mention the fact that they just added Corey Perry to that depth. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. He has been cleared to sign, so he has signed with the Edmonton Oilers on a one-year $775,000 contract. So, which will be interesting to see how that how it will fit there. I mean, I'm not shocked that this is where he ended up. I thought he was going to get traded from Chicago to Edmonton deadline because it just seems like that would be somebody they they go after, which will be interesting because he's made the Cup final so many times in the last couple of years. Does this mean Edmonton's headed to the Cup final? I don't believe so, but anyway. But yeah, no, I mean, I'm interested to see what he'll do there because he was on pace for I think like fifty something points. Yeah, before the whole shenanigans happened in Chicago, but I mean that would be a huge addition. Um, yeah, he's on pay- he had nine nine points in sixteen games, so that's that would be helpful, very helpful to your depth, very yeah, helpful for sure. So yeah, yeah. No, I, I mean I don't really have much more to say. I like the I like the signing for them. Honestly, it was a good signing. I think he would have been a good fit anywhere he went. So. Yeah, absolutely. I, th- I think he's got good hockey to play yet. Yep. Good hockey left in the tank to play. Let me to, just play to play hockey and tank it and hockey. San Jose Sharks. Tanking <laughs> and hockey. That's mm-hmm. what I heard. I like the connection. I was yeah. a little lost. So I know that we just talked. I'm gonna t- We're just going to keep going here unless you have anything else you to oh. say more. Anything more to say about Edmonton? Since anything I- more to less say than Edmund? Yes. Smarts. This is why I graduated number one in my class. Again? That's for you, Tyler. <laughs> anyway, so I know that we just talked about a couple of these guys, but just need to, after being so negative, because Edmonton just boils by blood, but McKinnon, Quinn Hughes. <laughs> Nathan McKinnon, Quinn Hughes, Nikita Kucherov, and Brock Faber. I know that we just talked about him in our awards episode, but man, those guys are on... At just another level. I mean, McKinnon had himself another four goal game. It's a, he's the first player in the league to have multiple four game, four goal games since Ovechkin in 07 08. Like just ripping the league apart right now. And apparently people love him because that reel is still getting views. It's <laughs> insane. So those of us those those of you who follow us on Instagram, 
will know that I posted a reel about McKinnon uh, three weeks ago, I think, at this point. That reel has like 350,000 plays. Like, just insane. Insane amount of plays. Have no idea why. Don't know how, how that hit the algorithm, but it did. Still getting likes and comments on it almost every single day. It's insane. But he's having himself a year. And he's been, and you know, again, like we talk about softness. This dude ain't soft. Like this dude will throw you in the boards, right? And then take the puck from you and go score goal. And he's just a force to be reckoned with. And it's funny to me, Sheldon Keith talking about how when him, Ranton in, and uh, is it, I think, I forget who was playing with them at the moment. Maybe Duran. And then um, Devontae's and Cam McCart. When the five of them are out in the league, are out in the ice, it's like a cheat code. Mm-hmm. And I thought that that was so funny because yeah, it, it funny. really is. It really is. Yep. It's insane. But and then Quinn Hughes, which actually I got to pull up the set because there he <sighs> Quinn Hughes is just a beast, and it's fun to watch him do it do what he's doing right now because of the fact that I really wasn't sure what Vancouver had in him, and all of a sudden it's like, no, he's uh he's that good. He really is. So. Seven defensemen have between 30 and 40 minutes of puck on sick possession in the offensive zone this season. McCarr, Yozy, Bouchard, Carlson, Matheson, Fox, and Dahlin. No D-man is in the 40s. Quinn Hughes is in 54-27. That's how much of a gap there is. How crazy is that? So, want to talk about him. Want to talk about, obviously, Kucherov's having him. I mean, he's having himself a year. An absolute terror. I mean, that game against Philly, he just shredded us. He was like, ah, I want to win this game. I want to put up four points. And then Brock Faber is on pace. So he's 21 years old. He's on pace for six goals, 44 assists. He's on pace for 50 points as a defenseman at age 21. Since 1990, in the NHL, only three rookie defensemen have had 50 or more points in their rookie seasons. Quinn Hughes, which I obviously just mentioned. Kale McCarr, which I also mentioned. And Moritz Sider. I think Faber is a special player. Yeah, I'd say so. <laughs> yeah, I th- they're all special. All four of those guys are special, special players. Uh, yeah, the Kucherov you mentioned about Philly the other night. I was watching that, and I think it was his first goal. It was right when the power play ended, and I, uh, Asimont, I think is the one who passed it to him. I don't remember. It was at the end of the power play. He was still out there from the first unit, and he just like. Uh, Jim Jackson, the announcer for the Flyers, was just like, hey, he passes across and he scores. The puck wasn't even <laughs> off his stick yet. Like, yeah. it was just like he knew, like, everyone knew Yep, it was going in. Like, yep. he's just, he's super soft. He's a super soft player. His hands, <laughs> his hands are ridiculous. I, it is so unfair for everyone when he gets the puck. It is just unfair. Like, there's no reading it. Sometimes I don't even know if he knows what he's gonna do. He just lets his hands do it. He's just got like magical gloves that's just like, yeah, that there's gonna be an opening there. You just just put it there. It's unfair. Like he's ridiculous. Um, yeah, Quinn Hughes. That's that insane. I don't know how that's even possible, but um, I guess it is. Somebody did the research, and that's impressive. <laughs> it's crazy to me. And to think about how, and to me, it's one of those things where. I wouldn't be as impressed with that if he wasn't playing such good defense because I, I, I'm harp on the whole wanting these guys to play, these defensemen to actually play defense and not just be guys who are playing forward farther back. 
like mm-hmm. wanting them to do that. And he's doing that. He's been such good. He's been so good in their zone too, and that's why I'm really excited for him. But I mean, Vancouver has something special in their hands for sure. And he, he, I mean, it's it's so funny to me looking at my hot take being Luke Hughes scores more points than Quinn Hughes, and I'm like, <laughs> it's a tough year for that one. <laughs> oh man, I couldn't but have been before this season though. Yeah. I don't think it was. I don't think anyone batting an eye at it. Mm-mm. I really don't. And that's why I think the biggest part I love about hot takes is that. Like, it's a hot take. That's mm-hmm. the point of it is to be kind of crazy. But, yeah. No, I mean, these four guys are on absolute tears right now. And it'll be fun to see where they end up this season with goals and points and stuff like that. I mean, does Hughes, you know, hit 100 points? I mean, I wouldn't be shocked. I mean, I wouldn't be shocked. I wouldn't be shocked if he hits, you know, 120. What are you laughing at over there? <laughs> The fact you, that are having, you are having yourself an evening, my friend. Uh, I told you. I told you I was dead. <laughs> Comes in today and he's like, how you doing? I'm like, dead. He's like, oh, that's good. And I told you I was dead for a reason. And here we are. What do we got? He's got 59 points in 48 games. So, let's see. I can just click on his name and it'll tell me what he's on pace for. My favorite set ever. But you know the thing that we didn't talk about, though? Was how the whole McDavid and, and Yanni Gord thing has that effect with Dard's legacy. <laughs> He's on point pace for 101 points. So cool. Wow. Yeah, it would be it'd be cool to see him do that. What? Over there laughing at me. You know, good co hosts support each other. And you're over there just laughing at me. I can't wait how you to see how you introduce me on the next one. <laughs> Oh, well, technically it would be the previous one because that one's coming out first. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. So I'll have to save save the anger for next week when I record that one. Or when we record that one. Which we'll have some friends on for that one. Ah, yes. That'll be fun. Ooh. Forgot about that. That'll be fun. That will be fun. Okay. Anything else on those those guys? Uh, No. Okay. Anything else you want to talk about before we go hypothetical? I'm just excited for that. Okay. So I have a couple hypothetical trades that I'm going to give to Kyle and see his takes on them. I don't know how many there are here in this first one, so we'll just keep going. We'll just go through. So first one is the Vancouver Canucks acquire Jake Gensel from the Pittsburgh Penguins for Andre Kuzmenko, Vasily Podkolzin, and a first-round pick in 2024. Hmm. Uh, if I'm Pittsburgh, I... Still say no to this, but it's not bad. I think that this... I don't know what Gensel's really worth. Like I, I don't know. I that this is coming. I so everyone knows I have not seen these. I'm not sure. Mm. So I haven't done enough research into seeing like I don't know. I I don't know what I would give or I would trade Gensel for if I was Pittsburgh. That doesn't seem like enough to me. It's hard because. I don't know what he's going to want on his contract, which may make him where they have to move him, mm-hmm. which then will lower his value a little bit because of that. I think that this is the value is close, close enough that it's like, like if this was the trade, I'd be uh, as a Pittsburgh fan, I'd be okay. I could see that. Mm-hmm. He's a UFA. We kind of need to move things. You're getting Kuzmenko back, who's just having a rough go in Vancouver right now, but he could easily be what Kenzel's already doing. Then you also get Pat Golzin, which was a 10th overall pick, and you're getting a first rounder. So I could see this being a trade that really makes sense for both sides. But 
I don't really know what the value is because I don't know what he's going to want money wise. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. I mean, it's not the worst. That's why it's like trying to like think what I would give. I just, it's, but Pittsburgh's in a tough spot right now because they're just not playing good hockey. So is it worth it? Yeah. Maybe, maybe it's just a big shakeup that they might want to do. Yeah. Well, that's because that's, because if he's looking at nine, nine and a half million dollars, which realistically is probably somewhere in that range, they just don't have that money. Mm-mm. They don't, they can't give him that. So you almost have to move him because Menko's locked up for, I think, two more years and it, not like nothing crazy. So that's the thing. It's, you know, that's why I see it. It could make sense. Yeah. But, Next up, we have the Montreal Canadiens acquiring Trevor Zegers for Yaroslav. I'm oh, sorry, Slavkowski. We'll just skip the first name because I have no idea. So Zegers for straight up for Slavkowski. It, this is, sounds like a trade that. Um, oh my goodness, I'm drawing a blank. What's Montreal's old GM? Uh, Bergevin. Bergevin. Yeah, that sounds like something he would do, but I don't think this is something Kent Hughes would do. This looks like a Shiravelli trade. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> for sure. It's like you want my struggling prospect for your struggling prospect. Okay, even though positions don't match, I, yeah, I, I don't, I don't really, yeah, I don't like this one for either side really. No, I, if I had to pick, I would say Anaheim has the higher ceiling. I think like the potential for Slavkowski if he figures if he gets his development together Mm -hmm. just because how big he is and that anaheim has a couple centers in their in their system where it's like okay you get a big sized winger that just needs some development i just don't see where montreal really gets much Mm -hmm. help because zegers and like suzuki's a player i want to build around zegers isn't what i'd want to add with him yeah i just don't think it makes sense to be trading slavkowski right now no. Like that's my big like to me I'm like okay like Zegers to Montreal okay I could kind of see that I could they they were looking for young players that can produce okay I don't I don't think that'd be a problem I would not be giving up Slavkowski not for that I mean if you're adding in maybe like an Owen Zellwinger with that okay I'd consider it mm-hmm. but not straight up for Zegers especially because I don't know that we know what Zegers is gonna be because I really don't know what he is yeah yeah we really don't know who either of these guys are. I just right now it's yeah I agree and the first you you spent a first overall pick on this guy you're you're gonna be a little bit more patient oh yeah or well you, you should you be. better be yeah well Kent Hughes will be because yes. we're not worried about him as a GM some other GMs Bergevin would have been yeah this this I, if you would have showed me this and it didn't say mock I would have believed that it happened <laughs> all right moving on next up we have the New Jersey Devils acquiring Jacob Markstrom. At 33% of his salary cap retained for Dawson Mercer and a first round pick in 2024. Eek. Yeah. Don't like that. Nope. I don't think that that helps Jersey enough. <laughs> They're giving I, up way too much. I don't think it helps Jersey at all. No. Like, to me, I'm looking at Markstrom as, I mean, to me, he's somebody that I'd be, I'd be looking at if I was Chicago to acquire. Right. As a cap, as a cap dump, yeah, because he, he probably would give you good enough minutes. You might be able to flip him. I mean, yeah, I think look at what San Jose is doing with Blackwood. Like they gave up a fifth round pick for him. They'll probably trade him for a third. I mean, a third and probably a fourth or something like that. Third and fifth. Okay, like and playing one year that they didn't sign him to a lot of money, yeah. but 
He and he's obviously he doesn't have great numbers, but he's looked pretty good this year. I could see something like that making sense, but I don't think him going to Marks from going to Jersey makes sense, especially when if you're giving up Dawson Mercer, it's got to be somebody that you know is going to help you. You know for a one hundred percent fact will help you, will solve your goaltending issues. I don't think that's Markstrom. Mm-mm. No, I completely agree. Yeah. Next up, we have Elvis Merzlikens going to the Edmonton Oilers for Jack Campbell and Philip Broberg. Yeah, I no. <laughs> All around, no. I, Edmonton's got their goalie. I mean, I don't think... I, I understand maybe you might want to like, but Skinner's a good goalie. Like I'm, it, he, I don't think it's all on him. I don't think Edmonton, I don't think this helps them at all. I mean, I guess it helps them because it's a, just another piece to have there. But Merzlinkins wants to be a starter. He's been very, very clear about that. He wants an opportunity to get a starting position somewhere, and that's not in Edmonton, especially mm-hmm. not right now. So, mm-hmm. and no. yeah, I don't, I don't like that at all. Yeah, I mean, you mentioned like a camp, like Cam Talbot. He could that type of goalie. I could totally see Edmonton wanting to go after, just to give them a, hey, we don't need to start Stewart the next fifty games. We can give somebody else a little bit of, you know, he give him a little bit of a breather. I don't like to me. It's like a Spencer Martin. I mean, somebody that was just right. on waivers that you can just grab and like, okay, you're like you you know he can play NHL minutes, but you're not you're not giving much up if anything up for him. Yeah, you're not doing this because, yeah, Merzlikens may be better than Broberg or sorry, than maybe better than Campbell. But you're still paying him five point four. It, it's just it's tough, and and I swear, I mean, we haven't even talked about the Merzlikens thing yet. But getting to, we'll get to that at some point. I don't know that there's a taker out there for him because yeah. I don't know that anybody's going to be willing. One, he's making too much money. I don't think he's a starter, and right. he wants to go start somewhere. Well, why don't you just like give good numbers while you're the games you're playing, and then maybe there will be a conversation. Right. Yeah, I mean, he, he had, that's really what it kind of sounded like because Columbus hasn't been giving him any minutes. Mm. So I think that's what he was more like, if you're not going to play me, can I at least try to prove that I am a starter somewhere? Mm. Like, you guys gave me this contract and then decided to not even dress me for, like, 16 straight games. Like, I want to play hockey. So yeah. I think that was what that more was. Mm-hmm. And that $5.5 million cap hit he has, how does that fit in Edmonton. I mean, I know that Campbell's going out, but I don't know. Yeah. You don't want to just pay another goalie five and a half million dollars. Yep. You would trade Campbell to clear up space to add somewhere else. So like I'd rather package Campbell and Broberg and send them to Anaheim or just someone else. Like I don't know. I can't think of San Jose or something like that. Just but yeah. I don't know. I don't like it. Yeah. Don't like it. Don't like it. No. And then next up, we have the Toronto Maple Leafs acquiring Chris Tanev at 50% retention for Nick Robertson and a third-round pick in 2024. Hmm. This is the first one that kind of intrigues me a little bit. Mm-hmm. I don't hate that. I like the player to Toronto. I'm not sure about the package if I'm Calgary because of Robertson's injury issues. Mm-hmm. And I feel like there may be a better package out there for him, but yeah, yeah, I could, I agree. But I don't, I don't think it's a bad. I think again, if they'd walk away, if this was the trade of the deadline, I'd probably be like, oh okay. <laughs> like I don't think I'd sit there and be like, wow, what the heck were they doing? I'd probably be like, oh okay, that makes sense. Yeah, you're probably losing Tanov, so 
I would assume that's one of the reasons. And Calgary could use a nice young forward that just needs an opportunity. He's never going to get that opportunity in Toronto. He needs to get out of there. Mm -hmm. So I would like that for him to be able to get an opportunity somewhere else and then to add a third-round pick with it. Yeah, this is the best deal so far. Mm -hmm. This would be a good trade deadline deal. And I, I agree. I think there would be a better package out there. I think other teams would be willing to give up a better player than Nick Robinson, a more reliable player than Nick Robinson mm-hmm. or Robertson. <laughs> but um it's not bad though. I kinda like that one. Yeah. Yeah. I can't wait. I can't wait for trade deadline. Trade I'm deadline's so always so exciting. You never know what's gonna pop up. And yeah. last year we were really spoiled, so we gotta stay patient. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we do. So like I have four more. So we'll go through uh, we'll go through these quickly. <laughs> So next up, we have the Winnipeg Jets receiving Elias Lindholm and Calgary receiving Brad Lambert and a 2024 first-round pick. Um, I, I don't know. You tell me. I don't think that's enough for Lindholm. I would say the other side. I would say this is too much for Lindholm, in my opinion. But I'm also not in the camp of Lindholm's the big acquisition this year. Let me I, let me rephrase what I meant by that. I don't think this is a package that will get Lindholm. Yes. I would say you're probably right. That's what I was more meaning. Yes. What, do I think it's close? Yeah, but I mean that twenty twenty four first round pick with the Winnipeg, I mean we're we're talking mid to late twenties, probably mm-hmm. possibly. Yeah, probably thirties. Yeah. And they like twenty nine to thirty two. I wouldn't be surprised if they're in the final four. Yeah. So yeah. And I, but again, I, I also don't know how Lambert's uh, development's coming along. I really haven't heard much about him, so I can't really say he was a first round pick, correct? Correct. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, I just think teams are gonna other trades I've seen for Lindholm are much more than this. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. 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 I. I. This is. I think the biggest thing I'm looking forward to is because. And I don't want this to be like I'm crapping on Lindholm. I think Lindholm is a very good player, but I wouldn't be trading more than this for him. Mm-hmm. I think there's probably 15 teams that are giving, gonna get, are willing to give more than this for him. Yeah. So what is gonna gonna be the end package? Right. And hopefully Calgary doesn't crap the bet for the straight. Yeah. Because they easily could. <laughs> they really could. All right. Next up, uh, we already talked about this one. That's a little bit different version. But we already talked about that one, so we'll move on. So next up, we have the Colorado Avalanche receives Sean Monahan, Montreal receives Caleb Jones, Nikolai Kovalenko, and a 2024 first-round pick. Pool transparency? I do not know who Kovalenko is. I have no idea. Um, so, geez. This would be another one of Kent Hughes's insane asset management trades mm-hmm. I again not really knowing we know what Caleb Jones is it's not th- those aren't really yeah. too much value I would assume that's more cap work mm-hmm. or especially Jones not that he makes too too much but with how tight the cap is it probably help um I yeah that would be insane because they got a first round pick along with Sean Monahan for just futures right yes sir and they didn't do the Boston futures where they got two guys that nobody was really sure who they were they literally, it's nothing. It's future considerations. Yeah. So, 
yeah, that would be insane. I, I don't know. I don't really think that's the type of player. Call. I mean, I guess he would help. I mean, I'm not saying he wouldn't help. I like Monahan. I just, I don't know if I would really look to. I don't know. I don't really like that deal. <laughs> yeah, for Colorado's sake. So Kovalenko was drafted by Colorado in the seventh or sixth round in 2018. He's a 24-year-old playing over in Russia right now. The last two years, he's pretty much been a point per game in Russia. So, pretty good player. But the question is, will he come over? And I don't know. So, but yeah, I agree. I think that that's too much for Monahan, in my opinion. I think, to me, I would be really hard pressed to be giving up anything more than a second and a prospect, like a B prospect for Sean Monahan. But yeah. it's the I I say that, and then somebody would be like more than this package and i'll be like what the heck what is wrong with you but <laughs> yeah i don't know that's always the fun part but there's no fletcher this year so that'll be fun but trade deadlines are hard yeah right <laughs> <laughs> idiot all right next up we have edmonton receives mark andre Fleury, 50 percent retention and minnesota receives philip berberg it's sad that this is what we're finishing on yeah <laughs> yep and uh, oh, enough of Philip Roberg for a goalie. Yeah, that needs to stop. It, it's not going to happen. Edmonton's going to stick with Stuart Skinner, and people need to just accept that. Yep. Like yep. And and I would if I'm them, I would. Mm-hmm. You need to know. You need to know. Is this guy going to be the goalie that is going to take us in the future? You need to know. Even if they don't make the playoffs this year, even if they find a way to make the playoffs and they get swept in the first round, or if they go on to win the cup. You need to know what Stuart Skinner is between now and the next few years. Mm-hmm. So, no, stop it. I, I I wish the goalie trades to Edmonton would kind of stop because, like I said, I just don't see I don't see them doing it. They might go get a goalie. I'm not saying mm-hmm. they're not going to get a goalie, but Flurry and I I love Flurry. Flurry is the best goalie of like our lifetime, in my opinion. Like of the 2010s, I love Mark Andre mm-hmm. Flurry. He has not played very good this year. Mm-hmm. And I don't know why you would give up Philip Roberg for him right now. Especially because you're not re-signing him. No. That's like to me, somebody that I would keep my eye on if I was Edmonton is Nendelkovich. Yes. Because again, you're bringing in a backup goalie who's clearly a backup goalie, but has played good this year in the emergency that Skinner can't go. It's not going to ruffle any feathers with Skinner because, hey, this is in case two things. One, you get injured or we, there's a, we have you know a couple back-to-backs or whatever, and we want to give you rest. He's not going to be in self. Like, whereas Flurry, it's like, okay, what are you doing to me here? Because Flurry is more – now, again, he hasn't played good enough to be a starter this year, but he's a starting goalie. That may, It looks weird, you know? And – Obviously, you can have that conversation before. Be like, hey, just so you know, we're looking at acquiring a goalie. Don't be worried about who it is. We are our starter. 100%. No, nothing's changing that. We want to have insurance in case something happens to you or in case, you know, or in also for the amount of games that we have left, we don't want to burn you out. Yeah. I, and I could, see, I could see Edmonton doing, I could see them getting a flurry, kind of like Vegas did with Quick last year. They went into the playoffs knowing that Brassois or... Aiden Hill, we're going to be their goalies. But we have Jonathan Quick here, just in case. Mm-hmm. So I could see that, but Philip Broberg? Yeah. I. But to me, I think that's all Broberg value is right now. Oh, oh, absolutely. I'm not saying that, but I also feel like you could move him for 
just something else. Like, I, I just don't yeah. think that's what, I don't know. I don't think that's what you're doing. I mean, if Minnesota could pull this off, I, I can't imagine this would be sitting on Bill Guerin's table and him going, nah. Yeah. Like, I can't imagine that, so. Yeah. Yeah. It shall be interesting. I'm sure I have more. I know for a fact I have more down here somewhere of hypotheticals that we never got to. Because hypotheticals are my favorite thing ever. Yeah. Because some of them are great, and some of them like, ooh, that sure would be interesting. And some of them are absolutely awful and it cracks me up here we go oh sorry this is all just philip burberg trade scenarios <laughs> oh yeah you, you, i think you showed me this not on air but i think you showed me this once yeah. some of them were pretty funny love it anyway all right let's wrap this up anything else you want to say before we wrap this john up no sir all right thank you all for listening it's been another episode of glassbones hockey podcast you can follow us on Instagram, and we would greatly appreciate it. We're almost at the even amount of followers and following, so we would help. We'd appreciate any help that we can get there. So, thank you all, and we'll see you all on Thursday. It's only a game. Why you have to be mad? <laughs>